All right, the Calgary Flames fall to the Colorado Avalanche 3-1. to My name is Peter Klein, and this is Game Over Calgary. Thank you very much for joining us today. Um, the chat is already going crazy if you haven't already, and I know a lot of you haven't. Uh, so, uh, But do this, like the video, subscribe to the channel. Um, that helps us talk to more people. We will get into a lot of stuff as this show rolls along. Uh, the Flames power play, not great. Goaltending, not great. Top line, better. Um, we will get into all of that as the show goes on. And of course, we'll be getting into all of your questions in the presser at the end of this program. Um, a, a lot of things going into this one. Kind of a weird one. And I know I say that a lot about the, this Flames team. It's like it's a pattern or something. But I, I do think that there's a, a couple of things to, to kind of monitor with this group. Um, and I think the main one's the power play. That, that, like, there's a couple of reasons why I think they lost this game this evening. And look, this is a tough one to analyze just in general. Because you have a Flames team coming off of a wild back-to-back, -back, taking on uh, an Avalanche team, both literally and figuratively, coming off of a wild back-to-back. -back. And so, because of that, like, there are parts of this game where, on the one hand, Calgary stormed back in the third period. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, I'll say second period as well. Second and third period, Calgary stormed back. And normally when you're playing a team that's coming off of a back-to-back, -back, you say, yeah, well, they were coming off of a back-to-back, -back, so who cares? But Calgary was also, so how much do we read into that? But the, the one thing that I think we can all agree on is that the power play is doo-doo right now. It, it is real bad uh, on this power play. And the, the main, I think, cause for all of this is zone entries. They are, and I guess initially face-offs, although it sounded like they, they did better on the, the face-off dot tonight. That's not necessarily something I track. Um, but... The, the power play face-offs have been a real issue because they'll lose it and it gets sent down and then you're killing two minutes off. Like, that that's basically what you're doing. You may as well just, like, hit the button a couple times to get that minute button down to a uh, couple minutes below and just let the dudes skate out already and just save us some time because this power play is dreadful and they cannot get back into their own end. And that is something that has been severely lacking since Johnny Goudreau left. But um, it brought up in the chat here, uh, who was it? Luke, uh, Luke Pollock saying that the Flames need to get Zari back on power play one. Entries look much better when he's up there. And yeah, I, I would agree. I thought they were really lacking in the game that he was out. And, um, for whatever reason, he wasn't back out there tonight. And so because of that, there was a bit of an issue, right? But that has been, that has been the main problem is it, it led directly to a goal, um, by the National Predators the other night where Huberto was trying to get in and Roman Yossi just took his lunch money and was gone. Um, and tonight, like, it was just that there was nothing there. There's no creativity. There's nothing. And, like, it would be great to get on Savard for, well, how, how come this power play isn't working? They can't even get set up. We don't even know what they're working towards. And now part of that is also on the coach in charge of the power play on how to get the puck into the zone. I think teams have figured out the bump back after it's been done by every team um, in the National Hockey League and in other hockey leagues for the last 10, 15 years. Teams have kind of figured that one out. Team, teams have picked up on it. And that becomes a, a bit of a problem, right? Like, they, they just, they can't get in. And they'll, they'll try to dump it in. But they only try to dump it in when it's so clear that carrying it into the zone isn't going to work. And you have, instead of, like, the, the value of dumping it in. And I get, there isn't a ton of it. You would much rather carry the puck into the zone than not, right? Like, that's, 
these are the agreed upon facts of the case is that I would rather, if I'm getting into the zone, especially on the power play, I'd rather have it than just send it in and hope. And the problem is they don't dump it in until the very last moment. And the advantage of dump and chase is that you have this momentum going forward. The defense is like backing up and they have to turn around and then you get to hit them and it's really fun. Um, but here, all of your guys are just lined up at the blue line, not doing a damn thing. And then one dude shoots the puck in and now they have to start up for it. You're never winning that race. You're never winning that puck battle. And you're definitely not winning a race or a puck battle against this Colorado Avalanche team. So back it goes and we're starting again from square one. It's a real problem for this team. It's one power play goal in the last forever. And even that one was just Huberto threw it on net and it went in. Um, th th this has been dreadful. And the fact that they've been able to stay in as many games as they have over the, the course with this power play being this bad is a real testament to how well they've been playing otherwise with a couple of obvious exceptions. The other issue in this game is um, this was not a good Dan Vladar game. And he got, like, he, he made a couple of big saves early on as as Colorado was pressuring and the, fl uh, the Flames were just accepting that three shots in one period was probably fine. But... The, the second period, um, that Johansson goal, like, you just can't, you have to know where you are in your net. And I, I am not the goalie expert or anything like that, but I, I've watched enough to know that exactly zero goals go in through the backside of the net, right? Like, if they do, they blow a whistle, they look at it for a second and go, oh, not allowed. Um, but Vladar bites on just a quick little, it was like a shoulder head fake from Johansson. And he slides out of his crease. And look, he had the back of the net completely covered, right? Nothing was getting through there. The problem is it can't. And so he just carries around and then he's out of position and he can't get back in time for the wraparound. And so I, I do put that one on him. It's a bad Zadorov turnover for sure. And the, the guys weren't able to get back 100%. Your goalie needs to be able to make that stop. Like that you, you have to know where you are in your net that, like, if Johansson would have shot that on that head fake, it might have gone in, given how out of position um, Vladar was on that play. And so then the wraparound sweeps around and just beats him. And even at that point, it felt kind of cooked. And Calgary does get back. Um, a, a nice setup from Huberto leads to a good goal from, from Backlund. We'll get into more of that in a second here. But... This is um, th th this is a, a one that was a, a real tough one. And then the next one, McKinnon with the long shot. I think we can probably accept that it was deflected, and I think it was Uyghur who got his stick out. I, I feel comfortable in saying that one probably tipped off the Uyghur stick, although there, there wasn't really a camera angle that 100% showed it. Um, but it was, it, it was a, a long deflection, and it floats into the net. And I understand, like, whenever there is a... Um, whenever there's a goal... If it's tipped at all, it's always deflected. Because, I don't know, it probably sucks to, to have to stop a, goal, a a puck that is changing direction on you. But that got tipped from so far away that you should be able to react to that and still make the save. And there was no screen in front. He just whiffed on it. And that, you just can't have that happen. Look, we have been talking about it in this market for a bit now. This 15-game stretch sucks. And you missed an opportunity against the, the Preds the other night. Um, was it the Preds? Yeah. Uh, you missed the opportunity against the, the Preds the other night to come away with a win. You get a bonkers win 
against the the Dallas Stars. And then this one, like, it was there for you. The, the Flames outplayed Colorado for the last 40 minutes of this game. But that 3-1 goal just took them right out of it. And for this Flames team that has been getting so much from Markstrom and is starting to figure some things out, we're going to have a lot of changes here, 100%. But this Flames team is starting to figure things out. You can't have your goaltending cost you in that way. And I thought tonight the, the Flames goaltending cost them. Um, but credit Colorado. Like, um, Jonathan Drouin, that's a heck of a goal that, that he scores. And you just, you love to see Drouin scoring, giving everything that he has gone through and how vulnerable he has been in this moment for the last little bit. So you, you love to, from a, a non-Flames perspective, you love to see that. But, like, this is a good hockey team. Uh, Makar and Taves will probably be the top defensive pair for Canada in whatever international thingy we decide to do. Um... You have, like, McKinnon, who's obviously pretty sweet, um, or pretty sweet, sorry. This Colton cat, um, he had, like, 18 chances tonight, unofficially. It just felt like any time he was out there, he was right at the side of the goal, probably alone, and getting a couple cracks at it. Just a quick aside, um, not to, not that I... Not that I think we, we hold this much power, but I don't want to take away the, um, the trade value of one, uh, Chris Tanev too much. He might lead the league in goals where the camera pans to him after the goal is scored. Like, I, I think he's great. I think his ability to help out some of the, the players around him is elite. But there have been quite a few times where it feels like he was the last man who was supposed to be doing something and it didn't work. Um, just a quick, just a, just a little anecdotal thing that, that I've kind of noticed on Tanev. But no, credit Colorado. The, the Avalanche were, were good when they needed to be and then held on for the, the rest of it. Um, all right, reminder, we got the presser coming up here at the end of the segment. Thank you for spending your Saturday night with us. Like this video, subscribe to, to SDPN Sports. There's a lot of great stuff on this channel. We got, um, obviously, the game overs. Uh, I'm sure the Vancouver one will be rowdy tonight as they lose to the San Jose Sharks. And um, also, there was a line brawl, so that's probably going to lead to some fun discussion over there. Um and just so much other great stuff here. We got F1. Uh, the CJ show is awesome. And obviously the, the OGs, the SDP is phenomenal. Um, so yeah, like and subscribe. There is a positive I think you can take away from this game. Probably more than one. But the one I'm going to focus on is the continued resurgence of one Jonathan Huberto. Who has really started to elevate his game over the next little bit. The patience he shows on that goal to um, get the Flames back in it is the Jonathan Huberto we were expecting to see. And that has been a real nice change. Now, you can credit the line mates all you want, and yes, but it is just nice to see that guy be that guy again. Um, he started to play physical, which I was not expecting ever, but he is playing with a confidence now that he did not have before. And that is so refreshing to see. From a Calgary standpoint, um, I don't think it changes the direction that you should go with the rebuild or retool or anything like that, but he's not going anywhere, right? Like, that this is, that is not a contract you are moving unless something changes dramatically. But like Luke said, um, Huberto's assist tonight was sexy. He was not having any sexy plays with the Flames, and now it's starting to come around a little bit. And so for a guy who is going to be here, whether it's a rebuild, a retool, or whatever, he is going to be that dude. Um, if that continues, it, it feels it feels great from a, a Flames standpoint. Again, I don't know how much of it is actionable given the direction that this team may go, but just to see him be him again 
is a, a real bright spot here for for the Flames. And again, they played well in the, the second part of this game. It's just, I don't know what you can take away from it, right? Because Colorado is coming off of a back-to-back. And it was, like they had to travel as well. They went from Minnesota to Colorado. The Flames going from Dallas to Denver. And so that... Like, it, it, I, I don't want to just wipe away, yeah, they played well for 40 minutes, but the team was on the second part of a back-to-back. But I do think you, you have to look at that and when you're ana- um, analyzing these games. Uh, when, when you're analyzing these games, I do think you have to look at, like, yeah, Colorado was coming in here, and they, as they brought up on the broadcast, they ran their top guys into the ground in that game against Minnesota. So I don't think it's, oh, well, they dominated Colorado next time they have their number. But it's it, it was nice to see pushback from this team, right? And that's that, that's the standard that has now been set for Calgary because of how bad last year went, is that, hey, they tried, is, um, is grounds for celebration with this team. But Calgary did seem to, to get things going as this game went along. The problem was that start was bad. That, that first period was completely controlled by Colorado. The Flames just weren't ready to start this game. And you can blame the travel or whatever. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that this does not, this start cannot keep happening in this stretch here. And we'll get into the homestand in a little bit. Um, but this start cannot continue from a, a Flames standpoint. That, that was pretty brutal from Calgary tonight. And going up against Colorado... It's cliche, but it kind of needs to be a 60-minute effort. Uh, Sammy disagreeing with me. Uh, Sammy Jenkins. LOL, you really have to start squinting to actually think Huberto is useful. You're reaching, dude. I, I Honestly, I don't think I am. Like, uh, agree to disagree, I suppose. But I, I just, like, of the three guys on his line, he is still probably third. But you're, you're starting to see him making some of those plays again. Um, not, he, he is not 100% of the player that he was in Florida, but it's not 0% anymore. So I, I do think that there is at least a a little bit something there with Jonathan Huberto and the, the confidence continues to grow in this player, um, as he continues on with Backlund and with Coleman, probably going to stick with that for a a little bit, but we'll, we'll see what happens here over the next little while. Again, like this video, subscribe to the channel. Um, a, a lot of good stuff coming up here and I, yeah, tell your friends uh, about the game overs here. Um, it's a great resource to have if you want to learn more about all of the Canadian teams. Um, I, I'm not going to go too late with this one tonight. This one actually kind of feels like we're going r- relatively quickly. Um, but it's a Saturday night. So I, I don't think we have to linger too much on this. But let me know what you guys think. Uh, it's now time for the presser here. Send me your questions about this game, about the Flames, weird stuff in general. Um, you can send them all in the chat there and we will get to as many of them. As long as you keep asking them, I'll keep answering them. While you guys are, are thinking of your questions and, and getting them in the chat right now, I do want to go over this now. The Flames start a six-game homestand coming up um, starting on Monday. So it's Monday against Vegas, Thursday against Dallas, next Saturday night against the Vancouver Canucks, and then it's December 5th against Minnesota, the 7th against Carolina, and the 9th against the New Jersey Devils. So I want to know from you guys, what are your expectations for this? Because that is a really difficult schedule. Um, the Devils have definitely kind of hit a bit of a speed wobble here. Carolina got off to a slow start this season, but I think they're coming on. Minnesota, um, it sure would help if you had an extra $14 million that's just in dead cap space right now. So this is kind of a bad year for them. But Vegas is great. We saw that Dallas can be good. Vancouver, on and off. Um, and like I said, Carolina, I think is really good. So I would come out of this one 
I'm not high on my hopes for Vegas and Dallas. I think between Saturday against Vancouver and December 5th against Minnesota, you can get three points in that. Whether it's a overtime loss against the, the Canucks or an overtime loss against the Wild and then a win against the other one. I think you can get three points out of that and then... Carolina, probably a loss. I think you can beat the Devils. So I'm going to say five points out of this one. If you can squeak into overtime on something else, um, then you're looking at at six points and a 500 homestand. I think that, given the quality of the competition, I think that has to kind of be the bar that you're looking at right now in terms of what you want from um, from this homestand is if, if they can just kind of barely keep their head above water, then this will be a, a strong, strong, strong... Um, homestand. All right, let's get into the presser. Um, Luke asking, any news on Pelche return? No, we haven't heard a whole lot. Um, it, it At the beginning of the year, when he got hurt, it sounded like it was going to be a couple of months. So I, I would imagine late next month, early January would be when we see him. And it'd be interesting to see where he fits into the lineup. Uh, how many D-men do the Flames trade before the deadline? I will say three. I think all of them are gone. That That's that's my thought. I, I don't think Tanev, Zadorov, or Hannafin are, are sticking around. So send them on out. I, I think all three end up getting traded. What do you think Razichka's ceiling is as an NHL player? Is he eventually going to be the odd man out like Dewar? Um, I I think Razichka's ceiling is high. It, the, the problem with him right now, and it's been the problem the last couple of years, the longer he stays with the big club, the worse it gets. Like, he'll start the season and he'll just be gangbusters, man. But then over time, it starts to slip and it starts to slip and it starts to slip and eventually he just kind of fades away. So I will say he, uh, the ceiling for him is a top six forward, but I, I think realistically that this guy is probably like peaking at middle six, if not just a, a bottom six guy. But the, the talent is there that he can be a guy who makes an impact on an NHL roster. Uh... <laughs> You know that the Flames are going to be a game over 500 so that Conroy can't sell. I don't know how much the standings are going to play a part in this this year. Like, uh, unless this team goes on a ridiculous run, just starts beating everyone and makes it into, like, second or first in the Pacific Division, I, I genuinely don't think the Flames' position in the standings is going to matter very much this season for them. Um, to Kai number one, Vancouver lost to the Sharks. They must have been lucky this entire time. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily the, the case. Like, that, that shooting percentage was unrealistic for sure. But Vancouver has been playing some really good hockey. Um, San Jose played them tough this evening. But that was, that, that was a, a Canucks team that what was going to fall off a little bit, but they, they certainly can bring some pressure for you. Um, and you have to, you have to watch out for them when the Flames play them next Saturday. Um, all right. It's a Saturday night. We're, we're going to let you guys get your week, uh, weekend plans going early here. Um, thank you guys so much. One more time. Like the uh, video, subscribe to the channel. Next game over is Monday against the Vegas Golden Knights. Audi will have you guys then. Thank you so much for tuning in and, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys later. Have a good night, everybody.